When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are live, Wrestling Inc. podcast after SmackDown. It is June 25th, 2021. Uh, Alfred Cunningham joined by our returning champion, Issa, the NYC Demon Diva herself. How are you doing, Issa? I'm doing good. How are you? Do you have a good birthday, Alfred? I had a very good birthday. It was very relaxing because it's like the middle of the week. Uh, but, you know, I will have more plans uh, starting tonight and throughout the weekend or whatnot. So I uh, haven't really officially celebrated yet. But thanks, everybody, for your birthday wishes and whatnot. Uh, you too, Issa. Very nice birthday wish. I really appreciate it. Of course. Of course. I'm glad. Just party it up all weekend long. Yeah, for sure. That's exactly what you're supposed to do on your birthday. Um, well, uh, SmackDown happened tonight. It was a very uh, interesting show. We will get to it. Uh, I had a big return with Edge, and we will definitely talk about that. But before we get into SmackDown, it was also a pretty busy day on the news front. So we have a lot of stories, uh, starting with the releases uh, that have happened today and throughout today, even leading up to, you know, throughout the body of the show, 13 WWE superstars. Uh, and employees have been released today, and they include Killian Dane, the Bollywood Boys, and Sunil Singh and Samir Singh, Marina Shafir, Arturo Ross, uh, Kurt Stallion, Fandango, Tyler Breeze, Ever Rise, Chase Parker, and Matt Martell, Tony Nice, Arya Davari, and August Gray. So it's 13 and counting uh, of individuals who are released. Again, this is unfortunately becoming something of a tradition here on this podcast, as I feel like every week we're out here talking about all yeah. the different releases. Uh, they went to the main roster releases, WWE, NXT, some 205, name, uh, 205 Live names that you saw there. So uh, what are your thoughts on these releases, Issa? I, I originally thought that they're going to get rid of 205 Live altogether. Is that why they have the Cruiserweight title on NXT now instead of on its own brand? Because the original, all of the original 205 Live people are practically gone. I mean, Cedric's still around, but I don't, I don't understand why this downsizing keeps happening. I don't understand why they keep doing it in such separate occasions, just like creating some more backlash for themselves as a company. Um, I was very shocked to see um, some people. I feel like I said this in the past when we discussed this before. There's other options now, and if they're not being utilized, I don't want anybody to lose their job, but this might be a positive thing for them. They could really turn it around. And I saw a lot of people that have already been released really sending supporting messages like, trust me, this isn't the end. But people like Breeze Angle, like the fact that Tyler Breeze never had a single title ring in NXT or um, WWE just feels like such a waste. Um, Fandango was there for 14 years. Killian Dane, they were just using him with Drake Maverick. Like, I, I mean, they're downsizing, I guess. I just wish, why can't you downsize all at once like you used to? This whole thing every week happening just seems a little chaotic. 
Oh, for sure. And I mean, you know, WWE is very disorganized, as you see yeah. on their TV product and how they book. So I think uh, I feel like the way they cut people is the same kind of way that they book in that it is disorganized. You'll have somebody on TV in a big segment one moment and then they get cut the next. I mean, Fandango was on TV a couple weeks ago and they won. They hosted that top 50 tag team thing yeah. special on Peacock. Like, they're the hosts. I don't even know if the last episode of that has um, has been aired yet. Yeah, I think it's just three so far. I think there's two more that we're going to see these poor guys hosting the show that they're not even with the company anymore. And I think there was a 205 live match also tonight. I think somebody tweeted, like, Luther lives down now because, like... <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's so bad. It's so bad. And yeah, I, I I'm not surprised anymore though because of what you said. Braun Strowman main event at WrestleMania backlash. You know, Alistair Black was part of the main event on SmackDown days before. They were just putting all this production into his character. So like you said, I don't get surprised anymore because it's like they don't care. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and definitely, and it definitely sucks. And you know, not to at all make light of any of the stuff that's going on. It's definitely terrible to see people go. Um, you know, you always feel bad for them. Uh, but this is just something that WWE is doing right now, and they've been doing it for quite some time now. And Stellar Justin Lopez, friend of the show for four ninety nine, and also a Knicks fan. He wants you to let, let you know he's a Knicks fan. A shame to see Tyler Breeze go. That guy had IC Champ written all over him, and could have yeah, been a yeah. mainstay in a mid card for years to come. Well, yeah, it is a shame to see Tyler Breeze go because at his peak, he was arguably the biggest star in NXT, one of my favorite NXT wrestlers of all time. And I really do think I go further and say he could have been a top star. If you saw how he was booked in NXT and it worked and the fans were with it, if WWE on the main roster had more cohesiveness with NXT and they were able to better transition people there and we got that version of Tyler Breeze on the main roster, I think he, he'd be a pretty big star. I think there's a lot you can do with him in terms of being a WWE sports entertainment superstar and that he's a good wrestler, but he's also got this great character where he's a model and he's got that kick and he's got that, he had that great entrance with the cell phone. So yeah. um, one of those guys that, and this is, I'm kind of getting numb to it, is you just see so many talented people right. who you actually saw their talent play out on television, but now unfortunately they're gone. Yeah, but as a as a big fan of up up down down, he is such a huge part of Xavier Woods' channel, and he makes that programming so much fun to watch. I wonder if he's even gonna be able to still be part of it or not. You know, like that. I'm very curious about that because the, he is a huge part of up up down down, and ten, I would I would assume that's considered WWE television kind of programming, I guess, because it belongs to um it belongs to WWE. Right. Uh, Antoine Fair, who's our newest producer for $10, but thanks for the money. Let's move on from releases. Edge, next time you ask where Roman is, and that is your right here. Look to the right. Also hard to watch SmackDown when the Mets are playing in a good game. Well, you know, that's... Uh, that's like once I, that only time. happens once in a decade, so of course they have to kind of tune in for that. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> well, no, we're not done talking about the releases yet. Uh, we will move on when we're ready, but I, I just do want to say, though, there was an all kinds of craziness on Twitter from this. Uh, I know there was like a kind of tweet, a weird tweet that came out that was like, oh, you know, uh, Nick Khan uh, is willing to take the heat for all this, but at the end of the day, like this is a company-wide effort that WWE's been doing, dating back to last year, before Nick Khan even got here, when they released hundreds of people on that Black Friday. So WWE right now is uh, favoring their profits and their stock price over their talent, and I know a lot of people, it's going to rub them the wrong way, and they're going to attack WWE for being heartless, uh, particularly Nick Khan, which I don't think he deserves. 
but uh, at the end of the day, WWE, this is just what they're doing. They're trying to pare down their company for whatever reason, I think for a sale, but they are trying to cut, cut costs and increase their profits. And this is what's going to happen. There's a lot of talented people who got fired and it sucks. That's on one hand, but we can compartmentalize and also say that, you know, Nick Khan is not the devil. He's actually a very skilled executive and I've met him. He's a decent human being. So yeah, it sucks all around, but uh, to kind of uh, lend your rage to people and try to find a scapegoat because people got fired, I don't think is very fair. I mean, very well said. Very well said. I have nothing to add to that. Okay. Well, uh, to Antoine Fair's point, we are moving on from the releases and we are going to the next, which is, uh, there's a video that came out. Actually, before we get to this, I want to talk about, uh, Kenise Mobley was recently uh, let go. Uh, she's a former WWE writer. She's a newly hired writer. And she made an appearance on a podcast as the Asian Not Asian podcast. I'm seeing uh, a lot of these promotions for this podcast are so good for them. But she appeared and she pretty much admitted that she did not know much about WWE. She referred to the WWE champion Bobby Lashley as Bobby Ashley. And she even went on to say that WWE does not look for people. or she, They don't necessarily require you to know about wrestling in order to hire you as a writer. So this you know, kind of got people uh, up in arms about her firing, but she did get released. Now, for what it's worth, because there's a couple of parts of the story, Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter reported that uh, this was due to WWE having her under the gun for making public comments about things they didn't want her to talk about. But at the same time, uh, Sean Ross at Fightful reported that uh, WWE claims this has nothing to do with the podcast appearance. It's an internal concern. So what are your thoughts on the release of, and really of writers who don't know about uh, wrestling being hired for WWE? Listen, I feel that... um you know, just speculating in my own opinion, I would assume that if the wrestlers have to sign an NDA, I am assuming that the writer's NDA is even more like um, tight-knit than the wrestlers, right? Because these are the people that know exactly what's going to happen. And WWE is very particular about who they allow to do interviews with who. So I'm not trying to say, I don't know, I'm not familiar with the situation, but it, to me, it does sound like that was a mistake and maybe some of those words should have not been said without at least getting the permission or saying, hey, I'm going to go on this podcast, what can I talk about? That being said, maybe she was fairly new and didn't know what she could or couldn't, but to me, it just seems like, you know, that that it, it was a little bit of a mistake on both ends because you should also educate your people that you're bringing into your company on what they can and cannot do instead of having to rush to these kind of decisions. But I do feel like a lot of mistakes were made here on both ends, not just I know a lot of people are, you know, saying WWE, like resorting to letting her go. But there's also policies that you have to follow. It's a job and we all have to follow certain policies in every job. Yeah, and you know, it's kind of ironic uh, that sh she got let go because, uh, you know, she made these comments uh, and there's been a lot of conjecture about the fact that WWE hires people who don't know anything about wrestling, which I have no problem with. I think a writer's room should be uh, diverse in thought. It should be a combination of people who know the product and even people from the outside who can, you know, give their um, thoughts on the product. But as long as you keep that balance, I think she got released because, uh, you know, she didn't know the culture of WWE. WWE is a very uh, private company that does not like people talking about the inner workings of their mm -hmm. creative staff, you know, out on a podcast. And had she known uh, or, you know, kind of followed the product and followed WWE, I think she would have known that and she would have understood and known better to not do that. So it's kind of ironic there. It's like, yeah, she didn't know much about wrestling, but that's what got her fired because she really doesn't know much probably about the culture of how this company runs and how tight knit they are. They're almost like the mafia. Yeah. Even when I heard that she did that interview in the comments, I was like, why is a writer doing these interviews? Like, I was very shocked by that. So, yeah, you might be onto something. She might have just not known. Yeah, and Antoine Fair firing back for $5. Um, ma'am, we are in first place, ma'am. Oh, my God. He's, he's trying to call the 
National League East division, a division, please. They're the joke of it. I will be in first place if I was in that division too. My dog could be in first place there. Get him, Get him. <laughs> so um, worst uh, division so, in baseball. Yeah, let's move on. As Antoine Fair said, let's move on from that uh, Met <laughs> division in baseball and go to Karrion Cross. We love you, Antoine. Uh, Karrion Cross, uh, actually, there's a story. It's kind of weird. He wrestled a match on main event. We were talking on Tuesday about how he and Scarlett had been brought to the main roster for kind of a tryout. So we uh, saw the match with a main event match with uh, Shelton Benjamin on the WWE main event show and uh, I saw his entrance. And uh, wasn't much to be desired. Just uh, kind of an interest. What did you think about this? Uh, Boy, did he look basic. He <laughs> looks so basic. I hate to use that term, but there's no other term. Like, you take the production out. They even, I don't even know how they manage. Maybe it's because Shelton is also a big dude, but he even looks small. Or maybe it's because we're so used to seeing him around all these smaller dudes in NXT that I was like, why are you making him look just so basic? I hated it, and I hope they don't do that. And I and you realize how much production value into an entrance can really do for someone right then and there. I hope I never have to see that again. I was even afraid to watch main event or look up the clip when somebody told me that you see it because I was like, I don't want to as much as I... And remember how I told you on Tuesdays I didn't like the entrance? I take it back. I love it. <laughs> in comparison, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, it looks like the greatest entrance ever. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm completely with you, Issa. Uh, it was just, okay, I don't want to be an alarmist. I don't want to over-exaggerate. I watched this thing. I'm thinking, like, this is the beginning of the end of Karrion Cross. I'm sorry. I, I hope I'm wrong. But it's it's weird because it's like WWE has gotten so good at screwing people up. Now you get to see previews of how they're going to screw somebody up. Because, like, he's not even with the main roster. Like, oh, that's how they're going to screw him up. They're just going to make him a guy, and they're going to have him – they're going to take away Scarlett and his entrance. That's how they're going to screw him up. So, I mean, Karrion Cross, as we saw, on the merits of just being Karrion Cross, which, you know, I saw him in Impact, and he was fine there, and he was good. But in this company, based on how he is in NXT compared to what he did on main event, that is – not like a character that I feel like anybody could really get excited about. And it's nothing against him. Like he's all production. Like they go out of their way to tell you he's a star through the production. And they had none of that on main event. So it was very alarming. It was, it was bad. It was bad. And I, like I said, I hope we never have to see it again. <laughs> yeah, fellow Justin Lopez throwing shots, generic big man, number 274. Yeah. That's how he came out. Yeah, like uh, that he came off as generic. That uh, has been a very uh, popular talking point. But, I mean, that he's absolutely right. Uh, that's exactly what it came off as and very alarming. I, I was very scared. It's funny that you said that you're scared uh, to look at it, like you were scared before. I watched it. I didn't even hear about the entrance. But after I watched that, I was terrified after. And I just thought to myself, oh, my God, that's how <laughs> But, you know, hopefully they get it. And this is just something that they're doing to see how he works in the ring. But uh, I was very nervous for Karrion Cross after seeing this. Yeah, me too. I hope he stays in NXT for a long time. <laughs> yeah, okay. so let's get into the show uh, on SmackDown. Uh, we uh, have SmackDown on June 25th. This is the Fallout show from Hell in a Cell. Uh, we go to the opening segment, and we have Jay, Jimmy Uso actually in there with Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman. They still don't know where Jay is. Uh, but Jimmy is now lobbying to be the right-hand man. So Jimmy, it became very clear... He's completely made a 180. I mean, he's gone from nobody's bitch to now he wants to be the right-hand man for Roman, and Roman says that he needs to prove it. So that'll be your story throughout the show. Uh, what did you think about what they did with Jimmy J and Roman on the show? Or, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm still intrigued by the storyline. They didn't they didn't let it pay off. I, I, I Towards the end, and we'll get to that, I feel like Jimmy finally 
grasp on to what being the new Jay is. But at one point in the opening segment, Jimmy did say that he did get a hold on Jay, but they didn't elaborate on. So why isn't he here? You know. Yeah. Um. So I'm looking forward to seeing like what like he's not coming back. Why? Why? Like they made up. So I really cannot wait now for Jay to come back and add to to the storyline. It seems like we're going in a different direction with Roman based on what we saw later on. But um, yeah, I'm very surprised that Jimmy, especially now that Jay's not back, I would think that he would be mad at Roman. Like, look, like, look at what happened. And they will continue having tension between them. But that is not happening yet. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, no, not yet. And I'm actually very, I'm getting my hopes up for whatever the payoff is going to be to Jay Uso returning. Because I actually think this is really cool. I love how they've really built. And they didn't just have it randomly happen where he's just gone. Like, over the course of weeks, you saw this man struggle in terms of his facial expressions, in terms of them pulling yeah. him back and forth. So he's just kind of stressed out. So I love how they're telling this part of the story. And I am very excited to see how they pay that off and what happens when he does come back. Yeah, me too. Me too. I was very curious, especially because, well, originally they had announced tonight to be a celebration. I don't know how it went from that to what we got. But I was like, it can't be a celebration, with, a celebration without Jay. Like, you cannot celebrate what Roman has accomplished without Jay being there. So, um, you know, I, w- I was very curious about it. But yeah, it's going to have a big payout when he comes back and I want to see where they go. Hopefully yeah, it's the Usos winning the tag team titles. I want to see them all holding gold. I think it will be cool. So that's the thing. So now we have Jimmy Jay's return to look forward to. And the Usos just actually getting back and winning the tag team titles, I think, is another thing that they can build to. Uh, so it's kind of like the storyline is a gift that keeps on giving in some ways. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we go to the next segment, um, and it's Bianca Belair. This is pretty much your opening segment because that was kind of a cold open. This is your in-ring opening segment. Uh, it's Bianca Belair comes out, brags about her win. Uh, she says she stood up to her bullies. This is at the third. Here comes Seth Rollins. He says her win was a fluke. Here comes Bailey. She comes out. Her and Seth Rollins uh, mock uh, Bianca together. Uh, And then uh, Bailey eventually takes down Bianca Belair, which brings out Cesaro. And we start out this mixed tag team match. It's Bailey and Seth Rollins versus Bianca Belair and Cesaro. Uh, Of course, it's mixed, so the men have to wrestle the men and whatnot. But they did do some really cool kind of mixed things where it's like Cesaro picked up Bianca and she had her kick Bailey. Uh, They did this fun spot where Cesaro uh, caught Bailey, so you know, not like he's gonna slam her, but he did have her in the position, yeah. And then Seth Rollins like elbowed him or, or dropped him somehow, so I thought that was really cool. Uh, Rollins uh, ended up stopping Bel Air from doing the KOD and uh, kind of interrupted, distracted her. She loses her balance. Bailey takes out her knee, Bailey hits the rose plant, Bailey pins Bianca Belair. So after Hell in a Cell, where she beat Bailey for the second time, we are continuing this storyline, Isa. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, it was, it was one of those nights when all champions get pinned on TV, right? But listen, um, I had so much fun watching this match. I absolutely love the chemistry between Seth and Bailey. They almost look related, like annoying siblings or something when they're together, the way that they interact together. I thought that Cesar and Bianca were showing off at some point. I was like, look at them go. I, I thought that we were going to get a lot of chemistry with Seth and, and Bailey because we did get a preview of that, but I didn't know how Bianca and Cesaro were going to interact, you know, tagging together. And they were great. Like, you, like I, I loved everything about this match. It was a very fun match. 
Now, did I need to see Bailey getting pinned? I mean, Bianca getting pinned? No. I don't like champions getting pinned on television. Even if you're planning on continuing the storyline, I didn't think that was necessary, especially when you work so hard to make her look so amazing. Just Sunday, a hell in a cell, and now it kind of like takes a, it takes a step back. I know we're supposed to believe that it was a distraction, but it doesn't matter. The champion got pinned, and I'm never really, I'm I, not a fan of that. Yeah, me neither. They're just uh, kind of going back to the 50-50 booking and they're doing it with somebody who I think uh, is like one of their really top, top stars and somebody that right. they've done a good job uh, building up as a champion and to kind of go back and especially doing it after the finality of Hell in a Cell. I don't, I don't know if I agree with that. Yeah, uh, and in addition, in addition to that, you have said go backstage later on to proclaim himself to be ready for a title shot, then let him get the pin again. Let him pin Cesaro again and that way when he's talking about I deserve this title shot, you go, well, he kind of does, but not, you know, you could have just done that to avoid pinning Bianca. Yeah, and that's what I thought what the finish was going to be. And it's very interesting. You brought up that he went backstage and said, I deserve this title shot. So he's kind of, you know, without naming his accolades or whatnot, putting his name in the hat uh, to be the next number one contender, which would not happen later tonight because we saw <laughs> the return of his opponent for SummerSlam Edge. Uh, Antoine Fair is back for $5. I don't like the mocking of Belair. Not that they are doing it. Uh, it's the way that they are doing it. It's the lack uh, of a better word, corny. So he's calling it uh, corny. It is kind of a uh, corny it's little corny. crazy how well, we're doing Well, yeah, it. that whole Helena Soul was built around the, the laughing at her, you know, and it's yeah. just like, I don't know. I, I didn't I didn't like it, but it did give us a, a really, really good match. And I, I, yeah. I like what Bailey's doing, but I agree. It's, it can They can build this feud on so much more than that. Yeah, this match is a lot of fun. A very good opening match. Yeah. Uh, a lot of fun stuff uh, they did in here. Uh, we go backstage with Jimmy Uso. He's with Paul Heyman. He wants to know what he's got to do to get Roman Reigns' respect to be the right-hand man. And Paul Heyman says, you have to win. Uh, so then we go to Shinsuke Nakamura's ah! coronation. <laughs> and uh, so we got booze in the ring, of course. We've got, I mean, they went out of their way. To, uh, we're talking regalia. We're talking the throne. The crown's on its own little pedestal. Boogs is there just giving him the best entrance, like screaming about he's the new king. Oh and uh, I mean, this whole segment was very fun, but it seemed designed to get Pat McAfee over because this guy <laughs> was going crazy on comic book, singing along. It was Pat McAfee on 11, just going crazy, standing in his chair. At one point, he cheers himself with two water bottles. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Shinsuke's in this great all white kind of beer. And oh, he was a vision. Him. He was a vision in, in white today. Yeah, I knew you'd like that. Uh, and uh, we go to the back, and this is a Funny is, I thought this was funny. Uh, they go to the back of uh, Baron Corbin. Kayla Braxton goes up to him. She goes, King, Co I'm sorry, Baron Corbin. I know, what a burn. <laughs> I was like, you're too soon for that, Kayla. Seriously, like, of all the times, screw up. <laughs> and, uh, King Corbin is just so sad, or Baron Corbin is so sad, and he's so, and he says, What's the point? So, I don't know. We're going to get 14 releases, and we're going to find out that Baron Corbin is gone. He really teased that he's done with this. No. But uh, he just kind of sulked off, so I don't know how he's going to return, but what did you think about this segment, Issa? I loved it. As a big Shinsuke Nakamura fan, I was here for all of this. I did think this was going to lead to maybe an announcement of a King of the Ring, or you have to defend the, the crown. But you know what? I'm so glad that they let him have his moment. Nobody interrupted. It was literally... A coronation, and that was it. You know, you're used to these segments getting interrupted by who's going to be the next person. It does make you feel like this crown has some kind of special power, and I know that sounds silly, but it's just like, look how Shinsuke is acting, and look at how Baron Corbin, Mr. Confident, look at my $40,000 watch. Yeah. Now it's nothing. And I love the play on his character when it comes to that, because you didn't think that the crown is what made him based on what he was told us about himself in the past, but now he's making it look like 
it does. So I really enjoyed um, the the character work that Baron Corbin, uh, formerly known as King Corbin, <laughs> did tonight. But the coronation was such a feel good moment and wholesome for Shinsuke, and I I wish there would have been a crowd for that. Shinsuke, I, I have a feeling Shinsuke is gonna get such a good reaction for the crowd, especially with Boost like doing the entrance. It's gonna be awesome. Yeah, everybody who's part of the segment was giving this segment the energy as if a crowd was there. I mean, they, I, I thought Boots was fantastic in this. Shinsuke is always great. He's just so charismatic. Uh, so, But this definitely is something that I think should have been in front of the crowd. I think the crowd would have really kind of ate this up uh, in terms of this coronation, uh, especially with Pat. And I think Pat Maggie should have moderated it in front of the crowd. But uh, this is a <laughs> good point that you made, Issa. That's actually a very good point in terms of uh, Baron Corbin losing his mojo, so to speak, in that now – Maybe they are going to just tell the story as we just see Baron Corbin. He's just going to wear the same outfit every single week, and he's just going to go into this deep depression uh, about losing his crown. Oh, now I feel bad. (laughs) 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 They got to tell your stories. Um, We go to Big E versus Apollo Crews. Uh, Apollo, or he's just Apollo, of course. He's got Aziz uh, in his corner. Uh, This is a good match. I thought they worked very hard. Uh, The story of this match is uh, Commander Aziz kept interfering. So outside interference, he gets warned. And then he ultimately gets kicked out for outside interference. Uh, uh, Biggie's distracted by getting kicked out. And so Apollo tries the roll up, but Biggie gets out of it, hits the big ending, beats Apollo Crews clean. What did you think about this match? What did you think about Biggie qualifying for Money in the Bank? I think Money in the Bank is shaping up to be a very fun match, just based on the people that have qualified so far. That being said, that was another champion getting pinned on television tonight. I was running for Biggie, I, I and I would and I thought Biggie would qualify, but you could have put him up there to qualify against anybody. Dolph Ziggler just took just took an L tonight on TV. Why not Bobby Roode? Like it could have been anybody else but Apollo because you just pinned two champions back to back in back to back matches. Like it just it's not a good look. It's also not a good look that this is like I believe like the 21st match between these two this year. Like yeah. it, it's like insane how much we've seen it. Was it a good match? Yes, but because we've seen it so much, it's very hard to get invested. They lost me a little bit. That's when I started kind of scrolling, and it's not because of the talent. It's because I've seen the match just so many times. Um, so yeah, it was good, but they need to be done with this too. They need to move on. And this is a problem throughout WWE is the repeating of matches. Because not only this match, but I mean, we just came off the segment with Shinsuke and Corbin. They wrestled, what, five weeks in a row? And then we, we had a match later on tonight between Carmella and Liv Morgan, and they keep wrestling each other. So uh, WWE really likes these repeat matches. And no, I'm with you. It's really hard to get excited once, you know, it's diminishing marginal returns once you've seen the trick, especially when it happened at WrestleMania. And it's like, this should have been done by now. Yeah, and Biggie could have, like I said, Biggie could have qualified and gotten that win against anyone tonight just for, you know, just just to get him get a, a, a win. Especially if he's moving on to Money in the Bank and, and yeah. moving away from Apollo, then you don't need him beating Apollo to, to qualify. That being said, like I said, I think Money in the Bank is already shaping up to, it's going to be a very, very fun match. Yeah, and Biggie is my pick to win Money in the Bank. Not only do I think he will, I think he should, and I want him to, and I'll be cheering for him. And I really think Biggie is probably, of all the people, whenever they fill that thing out, he'll be one of the, if not the least likeliest, for them to have buyer's remorse and do what they did to Otis right. or Damian Mizdow. I think if a guy like Biggie wins Money in the Bank, this is a guy who's been there for 10 years, who's been doing a good job, who's gotten over, who's a big star, the people love him, uh, the officials love him, he's beloved throughout WWE. So I think if a guy like that won, I don't think we would have to worry about, oh, WWE's starting to get cold feet. I mean, you never know for sure with this company, but I think that would be a good choice. 
I would love to see him as Mr. Money in the bank. And there's a lot of rumors going around about him going to Raw. I think he will be a lot of fun with the briefcase, reunited with the New Day. So let's see where it goes. But yeah, he's a, he's a solid choice. Can you imagine the, the briefcase in all kinds of different colors and other things New Day They're can do? They're going to put briefcase? pancakes wow. in it, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they probably will put pancakes <laughs> Whatever, do what you got to do. But like, I don't want to make too much of a joke out of the money in the bank. But listen, Kofi won a championship throwing pancakes, so I guess if you can do I'm it. I'm just Kofi. saying, I thought my idea with the with the arrows works better, so I'm still I'm still picking Damian Priest if he makes it to money in the bank. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that wouldn't be a bad choice at all. Yeah. Uh, Sami Zayn is uh, backstage, so he has an interview with Kayla Braxton. He's bragging about winning. This is the best week of his life, and he told uh, then he was told that he's going to face uh, Kevin Owens next week. And a Money in the Bank qualifier, uh, which uh, Sami Zayn then says it's the worst week of his life. Then he goes backstage to Adam Pierce, try to weasel his way out of it, says he doesn't think it's fair. And Adam Pierce confirms that it's going to be a last man standing match against Kevin Owens uh, next week for a Money in the Bank qualifier. And then uh, Sami Zayn says that karma's coming Adam Pierce's way. I thought Kevin Owens was taking a break. Me too. I mean, I technically took a one-week break. I mean, you saw that thing. There was speculation about him possibly being injured, and here he is back on SmackDown. I tweeted. I'm like, see, aware that he has this match because I think he's in Disney somewhere with his wife and his family right now. Um, yeah, it's again, this is another match that feels overdone in the past couple of months, but sure. it's a last man standing qualifying match between these two, which we discussed how they always manage to make their matches feel fresh. So I have a feeling they will come up with an original way. I mean, it's, it's going to be crazy being a last man standing match, right? Anything goes. Yeah. Um, but I hope that once again, we move on. And in this one, I'm having a hard time because I would like to see them both be part of the Money in the Bank um, ladder match. Right. Uh, yeah, it's, and yeah, it's, I've seen they had a great match at Hell in a Cell. Don't get me wrong; I, I it was probably my favorite match of, uh, of the night there. But I know they have an ability to have good matches, but it's just like, and again, once you keep mounting these matches, I, I have no excitement for this match whatsoever. The only intrigue is, yeah, he did say he's taking a break, so maybe they do some do some kind of swerve where Kevin Owens can't show up or he doesn't show up, or you know, maybe there isn't a guarantee that Kevin Owens is going to show up next week. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens, but it's gonna it's gonna be a good match. It just they just need to stop feuding with each other for a little bit. Yeah, fight forever. Uh, yeah. We get this segment with Carmella. She is announced as uh, the first participant in Money in the Bank, and uh, Liv Morgan comes out because she's a two time Money in the Bank winner. You see. Uh, which I don't think is very accurate, but yeah, she did win it twice. Uh, Liv Morgan came out and uh, she challenged her and she slapped her and they decided she's going to have a match to see if Liv Morgan could potentially qualify for Money in the Bank. They have the match, Liv stacks up now as she wins, but the announcer's saying, well, was that enough to qualify for this Money in the Bank after they just gave it to somebody out of nowhere? What did you think about this uh, match in the segment? Yeah, I was a little bit like, I get it, right? When you overanalyze it, I couldn't help but to think uh, the women's division is so thin <laughs> on SmackDown that you kind of have to go with, like, let's announce someone and build a story around that because you don't have... Um, you don't have enough women to do what you did in Raw, which in Raw they were doing tag team matches instead of singles matches to qualify. When it came here, they were like, okay, Carmela, you you got it. And yeah, like you said, she's a former Money in the Bank and a SmackDown Women's Champion, but it's just like, okay, so why didn't you call out Bailey? Because if we're going to do it based on accolades, you have Bailey backstage who has more accolades than Carmella does. So I didn't think the reasoning behind it made sense. But at the same time, you and I know that if they don't have enough women to try to pull off qualifying matches. 
Right. No, absolutely. And I mean, in the same show, you saw Dolph Ziggler, who actually won Money in the Bank as well. He didn't automatically qualify for this Money in the Bank, and they're doing it on the same body of the show. So it's just a, a thing of them not really establishing what somebody has to do. I like the qualifying matches. That's just yeah, fun. But to just like throw people off. And, you know, I, I get it that they don't have like a full roster of women, but just to just say, oh, she won it before, so that's why she qualified. And then not do the same for somebody in that, like literally 20 minutes later when they're talking up Dolph Ziggler winning Money in the Bank and he didn't get to qualify. It really kind of muddies the waters there. Yeah, and Bailey is a former Miss Money. Bailey, well, yeah, absolutely. So it's like, why, what, what's going on here? Like, yeah, um, it's good to see Liv get a couple of wins. Like, they didn't do a 50-50 and let Carmella beat her today. She actually got two victories over her in a row. I did laugh a little bit when Liv came out. Like, well, I beat her, so I deserve to be on it. And I was like, okay, but that's technically all you've done in a long time. Like, I'm happy for Liv, but I was like, sis, you need to, like, you know, get build yourself a little resume there. Um, I would love to see both Carmella and Liv in the Money in the Bank ladder match. So hopefully this means that Liv qualified, but they didn't really give us any clarity on that. And here's another thing that's kind of a problem with this, is Carmella's gimmick is essentially that she cares more about being the most beautiful woman than losing. We've seen multiple times now yeah. where she loses a match, and that's what she cares about. And we're still going to like kind of reward that, it seems. Uh, and, and I don't want to pick this, but that whole two-time, I don't know if Carmella's a two-time Money in the Bank winner, because she won it once, uh, it was disputed, and then she had to do kind of a rematch and win it again. That doesn't make her a two-time winner. It means she won in the same year twice. But, you know, oh, I guess Alfred, it's wrestling stuff overthinking. <laughs> and she's a two-time Money in the Bank winner. <laughs> yeah. But the Antoine Fair says how many people at each Money in the Bank is good. Is it, is it eight, eight people or is it six? It's eight people, I right? thought it was eight. Maybe eight for the men, six for the women. I'm not, I'm not too sure, but I always thought it was eight. Yeah, yeah, I believe it's eight. We'll uh, get the clear answer for that uh, a little later. Uh, Jimmy faces Dolph Ziggler in our next match. Uh, we get a quick uh, pre-match promo for Jimmy Uso, who says, I hope Reigns is watching, and he did a good job kind of playing up like he's a kid trying to impress his dad. Yeah. Uh, he gets in there. Uh, they have a, a good match. Uh, they had this crazy spot where he took a zigzag on the corner of the stairs, and that was kind of the story of the match he's telling. Uh, he eventually hits a super kick clean, and he beats Dolph Ziggler. Uh, after the match, he goes backstage. Roman Reigns is there with Paul Heyman, and he kind of wants uh, the approval of Roman Reigns, which Roman Reigns just kind of shrugs it off, heads out there. He laughed. Alone. He smiled. He smiled at him. Yeah, yeah, he was fine, but he, gave, he didn't give him as much. It's the, This is a great manipulative powers that this character has in that he knows how to keep people under his thumb and wanting his attention and approval. So it's very consistent how they book him, and they're doing more of this with Jimmy to where now he, he's now trying to prove himself to Roman Reigns after he came in hot and pissing vinegar and uh, I'm nobody's you-know-what. So this is really good what they're doing uh, with Roman Reigns and Jimmy Uso. Yeah, I agree. I love the match. That six-act spot on the on the steps was just something else. Um, I like commentary really talking about Dolph Ziggler's accolades because he's just become such the typical guy that you go to 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 job out. Like you know, uh, even when they announced who Jimmy was fighting, I'm like, yeah, Jimmy's winning tonight. Because when when the, um, Paul Heyman first said, "But you're gonna win," right? I was like, "Ooh, that's a lot of pressure." So I thought they were gonna give him a different opponent and make it harder on him. But as soon as they announced those things, I was like, okay, Jimmy's definitely winning tonight. So it was good to hear commentary kind of like talking about the things that Dolph Ziggler has been able to, um, to accomplish. Once they announced it was Ziggler, I knew it was going to be a good match, but I was more interested in how Roman was going to react when he see him win. And like you said, the manipulation and the still keeping him on a loop, like, okay, you're almost there, kid, but not yet. Absolutely beautiful. 
Absolutely. And uh, Justin Lopez for 49. <laughs> what Roman really wanted to say was, please, you beat Dolph Ziggler. I mean. <laughs> Leave Dolph Love. That is a former Money in the Bank winner, Dolph Ziggler. Yeah, but he didn't qualify, did he? <laughs> no, nope, he didn't qualify. So. so there you have it uh, for that match. Uh, then we get into the state of the Universal Title Address. This is your main event segment with Roman Reigns. This is what he's hitting out in the ring to do. Uh, this is interesting. Uh, Paul Heyman cuts his promo, and he's just kind of going through the list of names that Roman Reigns has beaten. He says it's all got clobbered, Mysterio launched, Daniel Bryan shipped out, this, that, and the other. But he started, and he said the Fiend got frightened. Roman Reigns never faced the Fiend. Uh, I think he was just kind of implying the Fiend went running. So I don't know if that's a seed they're planning for later on down the road or yeah, what. Yeah, he but... did. It was a triple threat between Braun Strowman, the that's Fiend, right. and Roman Reigns. It's just that he pinned Braun, but Fiend he was in the Braun. match. So when okay, he okay. came back, the Fiend was the Universal Champion. Okay, that's right. He didn't come back to the Universal. Because I was thinking about like a, a long-term type of feud. But I guess, yeah, I guess that would count as the Fiend getting frightened. Yes. Uh, but they are talking a lot about this and um, how you know Roman Reigns is so great. Paul Heyman doing a really good job talking up Roman Reigns. Uh, and then he gives a microphone for Roman Reigns to speak. And before Roman Reigns can say a word, you think you know me. Out comes Edge. And he gets the pyro and he's all mad. Oh, look at Issa rolling those eyes because Edge is back. He does a number <laughs> on Roman Reigns. He goes to get the chair for a concerto. He puts Roman Reigns' heads on. He's ready to do it. Jimmy comes in to break it up. Jimmy ends up getting speared through the guardrail for his troubles. And Edge calls out Roman Reigns. It looks like this is the direction we're going. I don't know if they do it for Money in the Bank or the last minute on TV, but Roman Reigns versus Edge. Edge is next. What do you think, Issa? Is Roman Reigns No, please. (laughs) But (laughs) first of all, I I have to say, because I know we talked about how Heyman has taken such a a backseat role. It felt good to hear him cutting the promo again. Like, I love the promo, and it felt so good to hear him talk. It feels more significant now, because Roman does a lot of his own talking opposed to Brock Lesnar, right? So I love hearing him talk. I was waiting for what they were going to say, because they were like, we're going to have to do something that's never been done in television, because he's gone through everybody. And Edge had to ruin the moment, like, always. I was very, very happy to hear Edge music um, hit. As much as I, you see me rolling my eyes, the Roman Reigns fan in me rolls my eyes. But the wrestling fan in me still thinks that he is owed a one-on-one match with Roman Reigns because Daniel Bryan's kind of like squeezed his way into the WrestleMania match. He won the Royal Rumble. So why not do this and... Tell me who was Roman Reigns supposed to face at Money in the Bank. There was really no one. The promo they were cutting today was very accurate. There's no one for him to to face. Um, Edge came out looking like he's been on a cave ever since WrestleMania. And he got he got let go of his cave and escape and he was angry. He was I thought he looked great tonight. Um the only thing that I didn't like, and this is nitpicking, is at the end he stood in front of the camera and he said, Where are you at, Roman? And I'm like, He's right there. He, <laughs> he's up the ramp, bro. Like you're, 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 and then he said, like, if you want this, come get it. And I'm like, No, you want some. You came out for him. Roman Roman is done with you like you're you're a done chapter in Roman Reigns book so like don't cut the promo where you're acting like he's coming for you when you really want it like 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 I feel like Ed should just say like I'm gonna get my one-on-one I told you I will get my one-on-one and I'm here to get it you know but I thought it was funny when he did the whole, where are you at, Roman Reigns? I'm like, yeah, he's, he's right there, bro. <laughs> yeah, I'm very, I'm very excited uh, about this match, uh, yeah. especially uh, because, you know, Roman Reigns' opponents uh, in recent months have been people who you're just kind of assuming he's going to walk over. Uh, they're having trouble building credibility for certain people when he's in there. This is always an example, uh, Rey Mysterio especially. Uh, 
Uh, a lot of it's been on short notice, but this feels like the type of opponent with the credibility that a guy who's being built up like Roman Reigns needs to face for people to really be engaged. It needs to be right. kind of a pop star of that level. So I'm very excited for this. It's also a really good uh, arena show for when the crowds come back. This is a yeah. perfect main event for a Money in the Bank pay-per-view where it's your first event, uh, pay-per-view event with crowds. So I think this is going to be great as long as they do it at the Money in the Bank with crowds, which I assume they will be doing. They have to save it for a pay-per-view. This cannot be a TV in the Thunderdome yeah. match. Yes, they, both, they both need a crowd for this one. 100%. And I, I also kind of noticed, I think they were, maybe I'm reading into this and in booking for WWE, they might be slowly starting to plant the seeds for Seth Rollins versus Ed, because you remember- Yes, I was about. just going to tell you that. I yeah, feel like we're yeah. going to interloop into that here somehow because of Seth kind of like trying to throw himself in the, in the in the hat, you know, his name on the hat. And Edge here, I want to see, I've been wanting to see Edge against Seth Rollins since Seth was with the authority and almost killed Edge on Raw. Yeah. So I really do hope that's what we get Ooh. at SummerSlam. Um, but listen, um, I, I love, these are a bunch of talented guys that I want to see wrestle each other. I love when you give me a fresh mashup and Roman Reigns has not wrestled Edge one-on-one because Daniel Bryan was there. So listen, this is good for whoever is at Money in the Bank because you're going to get two fresh ma- well, one, because Kofi has wrestled um, Bobby Lashley already. Yeah, and I mean, usually when they do these, like, state of the title address or whatnot, and somebody needs a new challenger, you'll see throughout the body of the show, a bunch of people or a couple of people are like, oh, I want it to be me. No, I want it to be me. I want it to be me. But they only did that with Seth. And uh, yeah. so I think they're putting in your mind that he wanted that title shot, and I think he's going to be the reason Edge loses. Yeah, me too. So uh, Stellar Justin Lopez, my good friend from 49 says, now this is the way you end the show. Roman could potentially beat Edge and Cena in back-to-back pay-per-views. And the best part of this Super Chat, oh, and Al, good poo emoji, Bucks. Uh, the Bucks are completely destroying the Atlanta Falcons. Last of I course checked, they are. Of course Hawks. they are. Last I checked, it was by 35. And I knew yeah. this was going to happen. I'm I was going to tweet out. I was going to yeah. tweet out the Bucks by at least 20, but I didn't want to jinx it. Uh, I said, I said to my dad because I talk sports with my dad every day, and I said, whoever wins that Nets and Bucks series is is take is taking everything. It's going all the way. Completely agreed, and that might be one of the best second round playoff games in the history yeah. of the NBA. I mean, playoff series because you know those. It should have been. I know. Blowout. I know that technically speaking, you can't do it because of where they're at, but that should have been the finals. Yeah, it should have. That game seven felt like a final. It was a great yeah. game seven. It went to overtime. I was my heart was in my. I don't want to talk about it. Away. By an inch. I thought he had beaten us, and I was just... Uh, but he I don't want to talk about it. It's too soon. It's too soon, Alfred. <laughs> See you the deer, everybody. Stephen Mark completely. I'm sorry. Stephen, for $4.99, three people you would move to Raw. Three, you move to SmackDown. Would you like Owens going to NXT? I like that question. Um, you know, I'll give you a chance to kind of collect your thoughts. You said, but who, who, what three people or anybody, maybe somebody who comes to mind, would you move from brand to brand? I will move Shinsuke to Raw. He's never been on Raw. I think he will be a lot of fun there. And there's a couple of matchups that I haven't seen him have yet. Um, Baron Corbin is another one that could use a little bit of a refresh. He's been on SmackDown for so long. And now that we're kind of like rebuilding him, that will be fun. And Cesaro, yeah, I'm sitting here thinking of the people that that just kind of already feuded with Roman or haven't. But, you know, um, I will move those three to Raw. When it comes to Raw, I think AJ Styles as a singles will be a lot of fun in SmackDown. They ha- he had a, a feud with Roman in the past that I would love to see revisited. Um, I don't even know who else I will move from. I'm trying to... Th- I always forget who's on. Damien Priest. Yeah, yeah. Damien Priest could come to SmackDown and maybe feud for that Intercontinental Championship. I think that would be a fun um, feud. And I don't even know. I don't even know who else. I yeah, yeah, no, it's tough to do the three each. Those are, you know, great choices. I, I would agree with uh, 
all those actually in terms of moving. And I really do want to see Big E go uh, to Raw 100%. If nothing yeah. else, to reunite with the New Day. On like, you know, I don't want to go back to being full New Day. I want him to still be Big E kind of on his own, but yeah. I do want New Day to interact and kind of still be a thing. So I think that'd be great if they uh, got back together. And also, whoever wins Money in the Bank, so this might be the same thing. Whoever wins Money in the Bank, I think has to be on Raw because it's, oh, yeah. you're, it's you're not out of the bag, but they're building Roman Reigns for something huge way down the line. Bad time. You're going yeah. to have a bad time. Like, don't do it. <laughs> like, he's invincible. So, whoever, if a SmackDown guy wins Money in the Bank, it'd be a tough sell to think. I mean, yeah, they could have somebody come in there and beat Roman Reigns after he's weakened or whatnot, but I just don't think that'd be the direction. And I think it would be kind of a waste and that no, nobody would really buy no, that they're ever going to do that. He's the only good thing. And I know that a lot of people say because I'm a fan, but I really do think he's the only, the most compelling thing in WWE television right now. You really can't ruin him. You have to build someone to that level so when it happens it feels significant yeah yeah so you know i could see uh i could see biggie definitely going raw i think that's uh the number one actually i think we'll love it i'll be shocked see that. Mm -hmm. uh, antoine fair said i don't know if feel this way but edge is gonna get booed when live crowd returns or live crowd comes uh they need to get major heel heat on roman and quick I don't agree with that. I actually think because at WrestleMania, when they did have a crowd, Roman Reigns got booed. I mean, he and Edge got a huge pop. Huge pop. And Edge was playing a heel. And Edge was playing a heel at WrestleMania, and he did get a, a pretty big pop. Roman did get some heat in that match. He knew how to play the crowd to the point where they were booing him, and I thought it was fantastic because, remember, it's the first time that we hear the crowd booing Roman, rightfully so, and it felt great for a fan to go, oh, my God, they're finally booing him because they're supposed to and not because they're trying to hijack the show. Um, I'm pretty sure that if he's in front of a, of a crowd, Roman will do, a, like, heel work in the match to make sure he's getting booed and make and make Edge look like the ultimate babyface. He will. Tremendous, like Roman Reigns is not a cool heel, and you know what? Eventually, he might. I just see this act is so good, so many people are into it that eventually, I think they're going to start cheering for him uh, while he's yeah. being here. But I really do think though that people are going to be really behind Edge, and Roman Reigns is going to get booed um, because you know Edge is that kind of legacy guy, and um, and Roman Reigns is playing a good heel right now. Yeah, but to Antoine point, um, he's he's so hot right now when it comes to everything that he's doing. I do think a lot of people are enjoying him. You know, whether they boo him or cheer him, he's the most talked about and a lot of people are in agreement on, on how good what he's doing right now is so he might get sheer and that's gonna be weird when you're supposed to finally boo him if i hear shears listen i've been i've been acknowledging this guy since he was getting booed out of building so the, the second that i hear him get shears it's gonna be weird <laughs> for me <laughs> no yeah i'm not used to seeing roman reigns get, I, I didn't actually think that he was gonna get cheered at wrestlemania so i was very surprised when uh, but that's exactly what to your point that's exactly what he was going for and he did a great job throughout that match like making sure he was gonna get booed once he would hear yeah, like a trickling of booze he would just kind of wait and lay out there and they would just all start to chant roman sucks so he was doing a good job and they booked him against two guys that are so loved by the wwe fans you know edge and daniel bryan that when it came to that situation he's like okay well the one that i like the least is roman you know when it came to the fans i feel like if you're gonna book him against edge and money in the bank is going to be the same way and i'm very curious if the rumors are true how it's going to go with john cena because i think john cena is gonna get a major pop he is missed people do miss him and they acknowledge that so i think it's going to be fantastic to see how the crowd plays when it comes to that match if it happens that'd be very interesting so mm -hmm. so that's your smackdown show what did you think about the show as a whole 
I mean, it was fun. SmackDown just flows better. I thought, I personally thought both shows were enjoyable this week. I didn't like the champions getting pinned, um, but it was fun to see Edge come back. SmackDown has been delivering every week, giving us either amazing matches or crazy returns or surprises. They did that tonight. Yeah, 100%. I thought, you know, the ending was so great. Um that it definitely boosted the overall show. There was stuff on the show I definitely yeah. didn't like. But if I was to give it out of 10, I would say like a 6.5, 7 out of 10. I mean, I thought, yeah. I thought it was good that they told one story throughout the show of Jimmy Uso is going to try to impress Roman Reigns. And that spun out into a main event segment, which involved that story as well. So I thought they did a really good job with this. And this continues to be the best thing that they're doing. And now we have Edge to kind of move around with. Yeah, seeing Jimmy come out at the end to try to make the save for Roman, I even scream at my TV. I'm like, there you go. That's what Jay used to do. Get, get beat up every week for Roman. Now you get it. But, um, but yeah, I, I props to them to not holding that edge return for crowds. It feels like they're doing so many things waiting for the crowds to come back. I'm so glad that they let him come back today so we can really build this feud. If it's, if it's at Money in the Bank, we have three Fridays to let them interact with each other. Absolutely. Uh, Antoine Fair for $5. Being there, it was 50-50 for Reigns, but that stadium is weird, though. Uh, being a day one Roman fan, I don't like the bandwagon people. I, I'm hey. a day one Roman guy. I love, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they, they, everybody can get along, Antoine. No, I love I love Roman Reigns, too. He's one of my, I definitely stuck by him when he was getting booed out of the stadium. Uh, if nothing else, because he's such a big star, there's such a presence about him, and his matches just felt like big matches. Uh, because the crowd was so into it, for better or worse. You know, of course, we had the ugly moments with, like, the Brock Lesnar match at WrestleMania 34, but Roman Reigns is always a fun watch in a live event arena. Yeah, I gotta, you gotta love this. See, Antoine and I started arguing over the Yankees and the Mets, and now we're friends because we're both day one people for Roman Reigns, so... We can agree to disagree on baseball, but I'm with you in the Roman Reigns take. Absolutely. Now we're all friends again at the yep. end. Uh, Antoine turned babyface on us. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> Friend of the show, Jax Callen, sending love Ooh, for 299. Jax. Thank you, Jax. And my snake is getting a big piece. Well, that's a great snake. What's your snake's name, Jax? Put it in the chat. I don't think I know that. Uh, but thank you very much for that super chat. And we are going to uh, get on out of here. Uh, Issa, where can all the good people find you? At NYC with a one instead of an I on Twitter and also on YouTube. If you guys could subscribe to my channel, I would greatly appreciate it. Yes, Steven Diva with a one. Very good. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at This Is Nasty on my YouTube channel, Pro Wrestling Bits. Thank you, everybody. Read me on Forbes. And uh, we will be back next week, everybody. Tuesday. Good night. Tuesday. Tuesday of next week. Good night, everybody. Bye.